I might actually be able to buy a property, my first investment property in just a couple of months, which is super exciting. I am finally saving my first house deposit. This is not the first deposit that I've saved, but fingers crossed, this will be the one that will actually get me my first property. It is absolutely amazing what a difference a couple of years can make. In this episode, I wanna take you on the journey of the deposits that I've saved in the past, which I've actually saved quite a few and never purchased property. Why I did that, do I regret it because you know, I could have purchased property probably around 15 years ago, which obviously would have grown, but why didn't I? What happened? And then what am I doing to save my deposit today? So grab yourself a tea, a coffee or a water and settle in because it is story time. This is my journey. This has been a long journey and an arduous journey, but hopefully this will encourage you to go out there and to say that even if it doesn't happen overnight, if we have a plan, if we strategize, if we work towards it, we can get there eventually and we can have an amazing life along the way, which I actually think is more important than buying the properties. I think the most important thing is having the amazing life. You buy properties as an insurance policy to give you financial freedom, to give you choices in order to do that. So now I'm saving my deposit. I've probably got around about the fifteen to $25,000 put aside for a property. I'm looking at buying something around about $350,000 to $450,000 with maybe a 5 to 10% deposit. So I probably need anywhere from around $17,500 up to $45,000 for a deposit plus stamp duty and closing costs. So you're looking at another, what, maybe $10,000, $20,000 in order to save for those closing costs. So I'm actually not too far away from purchasing my first property, hopefully in a couple of months. But let's go back and look over my life and see what got me to this point. Why haven't I bought property yet? What sort of things have I done along the way? So my first deposit was saved before I was 18. So I remember going and driving out to Lithgow with my dad at age 16. I had around $20,000 in cash looking at properties that are around about the $100,000 mark. So you're looking at a 10 to 15% deposit plus closing costs there. I had the money in order to do that. So looking at those properties, the thing that was difficult for me at that time, being so young, only having a part-time job was just serviceability, right? I couldn't get a loan in order to purchase these properties and that really held me back at that time. I think if a bank was willing to lend a 16-year-old $80,000 or $90,000 in order to buy a house, then I would have gone ahead and done that then and purchased a property in Lithgow, what, 15 years ago, no, 17 years ago now and would probably, I don't know if I'd still own that property today, but that would have been the start of my journey. So that didn't happen. Uh, I wasn't able to borrow money. And then in my late teens, early 20s, when I was thinking about what career do I want to pursue, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to make money online. So again, I continued to work just casually, just part-time while I tried to build up my business and make this dream a reality of working full-time online. So again, my serviceability suffered. I also had met an amazing partner, 
we decided to get married. And so around that time, the deposit that I had saved got used for things like just living expenses, going on holidays, doing fun things. Um, I gave some of that money away as well. A big chunk of that I actually gave to a cause that I believed in at the time. And so quickly that deposit went from existing in my bank account to not existing to the point where when we got engaged, I actually had to sell laptops and basically sell everything that I own in order to afford the engagement ring to present to who would become my wife. So that was first deposit saved and first deposit gone. And then we started married life in a fair amount of debt because we went on a trip to Thailand. We both had credit cards that were given to us by the banks because we were earning okay money. And those credit cards quickly filled up as you do when you're not a good money manager and when you're young. So went into marriage with probably around 10 to $20,000 worth of credit card debt because of this holiday and previous credit card debts that we combined together. So not off to the best start, that's for sure. And I was working online trying to build up my business, doing some freelance writing, not making much money. It wasn't until I got a full-time job, then moved into a pharmaceutical company, got an internal promotion and started working as a pharmaceutical rep that I started, well, we paid off that debt and saved our second deposit. So that job was really cool because it was 60-40 in terms of salary and commissions. So 40% of my salary was in commissions that were paid once a quarter. So what that meant was that we lived off the 60% and we got by on the 60%. And if I hit my targets and got my commissions, which I did most quarters, that money would go towards paying off debt and then go towards saving a deposit. And so what we had done is we paid off and cleared all of our debt. We had started saving a deposit. We were one commission away from a deposit, uh, which I would get paid later. And so we were basically there, right? We had started looking at properties on the central coast, which is where we lived. Stuff around the early $200,000 mark was the pricing at the time. And so we didn't need a huge amount of money in order to get into the market. And <laughs> that was when I quit my job <laughs> and went full-time online. I had always wanted to live in Queensland, but my wife at the time didn't want to move that far away from family. We had already moved up to the Central Coast, so two hours out of Sydney, and we were living up there so we could still drive back and see family. We went on a holiday to the Gold Coast with the kids, and then she was like, okay, I'm ready to move up here. But my condition is that you get a job up here before we move. So I actually did a bunch of interviews and I did secure a job in marketing in Brisbane that would have been a similar income to what I was on as a pharmaceutical rep. But what I really felt in my heart was that I wanted to go full-time online. I'd built up my side business to be earning around $500 to $1,000 a month. And I felt like with full-time dedication, I can make this happen and we have this savings, we have this deposit, let's actually give this a go. So I quit the high paying six figure job to go full time on a business that was making 500 to $1,000 per month. Like that was absolutely crazy. And I'm pretty sure that was October 2013. So that was around eight years ago of the time of recording this. And so what happened was we, we moved up to Queensland, we did it, I went full time on my business, I got some government support, but the savings that we had 
got spent on living and getting by. My wife at the time, she worked a part-time job in order to give us some money as well. And so those two years, those first two years were really rough because I wasn't earning a lot of money, she wasn't earning a lot of money, and the business was only just starting to grow. And I think back then I didn't realize how the business grows over time and the delay of 12 months to two years before you start making good money. So in hindsight, with the experience I have now, I probably could have approached that differently. But regardless, those two years were tough and it was really in the second year or the end of the second year that things started to take off and that I was actually able to start making good money again. And I actually became financially free through my business when I was 28. So five years ago now. So the first two years were a massive struggle. Then it started getting good. And by year three or four, the business was actually earning enough money by itself that I didn't need to work. And at that point, we could have saved a deposit. We were on the Gold Coast. We'd been there for around three, three and a half years, but we were both just miserable at the time. And so it's like, okay, we know that we can save a deposit and actually purchase an investment property or purchase a home to live in on the Gold Coast. Financially speaking, that would probably be the best decision to make at the time. And we did think about that and talk about that, but we also reflected on our lives and our community on the Gold Coast and thought, we're just both really unhappy right now. And we looked at the other people around us who, you know, maybe that next step ahead or who were just living lives around us. And we thought, are any of them living the life that we want? And we thought, no, no one is out there living the life that we want. I was really into tiny homes, had gotten into van life sort of stuff on YouTube. And we thought, why not give this a go? Let's buy a van and convert it. I will just put in a snippet now of us on the beach talking about that idea and how excited we were at the time. We're looking at spending around $12,000 on the Sprinter, which is what we said originally. We were then thinking, oh, if we want a Sprinter, we'll probably need to pay 15 to 20. But we found one that was on for like 14,000 and the guy's happy to take 1250. So I checked that out yesterday. We're gonna get a mechanic to look at it in the week just to make sure it's all good and then we'll go ahead and buy it. So hopefully by the end of next week, we will have a van and then... then It won't be all talk. (laughs) So over the next few months, we took any extra earnings that I had that would have been a deposit. The amount of money that we spent on the van would have been a deposit. So we purchased the van for around $13,000 and then we probably spent around fifteen dollars to $20,000 actually doing the van up. So you're looking at a total investment cost of around about $30,000, which again would have been another deposit either on an investment property or on a home or a unit on the Gold Coast. But what's the point of being rich when (laughs) you're not going to be happy? And at this point, I was already financially free through my businesses anyway, and we had young kids and we thought, we are young, now is the time to go and experience life and do this. So we moved into the van, we traveled in the van, It rained for about three months straight while we were traveling. So a lot of money was spent on Airbnbs because having three kids in a van in the rain was just absolutely manic and insane and trying to homeschool and everything. It was a tough trip, to be honest. There was some really great times when it was sunny. It was absolutely amazing. But let's just say the van life 
wasn't what we thought it was going to be. It did absolutely change our lives though because we ended up moving up to Noosa because we were we could just live anywhere and we found this really cool school that had just opened up in Noosa and the kids did a trial day there, absolutely loved it. We loved the vibe and we thought, well, let's just move here. Let's just try it and see how it goes. So that was deposit number three that wasn't invested into property. There's actually a fourth one as well, which is crazy to think that I've actually saved the deposit four times and still not purchased a property. So we moved up to Noosa, financially free through the business at the point in time, so didn't have to work. I went through a lot of depression in that time and spent a lot of time exploring myself, also spent a lot of time with family. We would go to the beach, we would go to our favorite place on the weekends, which was this Fajoa farm run by this amazing couple overlooking you know, the hills and the hinterland up there. So we just spent a lot of time doing that and I hardly worked in those times at all. But business continued to tick along and about 18 months into the van life slash Noosa slash not working, I started getting serious about buying a property again. I started working more seriously on my business, was growing the income, we were budgeting better, we were getting a lot better at that and we started creating some videos around budgeting on the channel as well because we were doing so much better and had actually started saving a deposit. Now, that deposit, I put a large chunk of that into cryptocurrency at the time because I believed in, I guess, the three-year timeline for that. So this was back in 2018, just after the crash. So I was purchasing cryptocurrency around about the eight to $12,000 mark per Bitcoin. And that's eight to $12,000 Australian, not US dollars. And so it was probably around 5,000 US dollars at the time with the goal that in three years time, this could help us actually purchase property because it can help us save a deposit. I knew that in the short term, it was extremely risky, but I assumed that, you know, we'll just write it out. And in three years time, I really believed in the technology and the investment that it would be a worthwhile investment. And so put a lot of money into that, lost a bunch through both the learning as well as the timing the market. So Crypto had gone up to around, I think, 20,000, 24,000 US had come down. So I was purchasing between eight and 12, no, around five, between five and eight US. And it actually eventually went down to around $3,000. So there was actually a lot of money that was lost during that time, as well as me playing with altcoins and things like that. Um, I just lost a bunch of money. And unfortunately, that was when everything went to shit. But even with that loss of money, we still had a good amount of savings in the bank. So we probably had around about 10 to 15,000, not quite a deposit, but we were really on that journey towards saving a deposit. And that is when, you know, things really went badly. Me and my wife then decided to separate because we wanted different things long term and it just wasn't working for us, which meant that, you know, we moved into separate houses. My wife at the time didn't have a job, so I was paying for the multiple houses and just paying for everything. The exact same time, like the same month that I went through that or that we went through that was the same month that my business went through a shocking downturn and we had a big change in the market and in the market sentiment when it comes to property. So on property was one of my largest businesses at the time. 
And so that went through a downturn as well as my other business I hadn't been working on for two years. So that was going through a downturn as well, just through lack of work. So at the same time going through this separation, business income just absolutely plummeted. And in some months, was basically zero or negative. So when you're going from earning six figures and got a good monthly income and you know, you're saving towards a deposit to then going, okay, you're going from that to nothing, like, or to actually have more business expenses this month than income. Holy moly. Like that was, that was tough. And so the deposit that was saved was quickly spent. I quickly also spent money that I didn't have. So tax savings for the business, I was basically spending, I was just trying to stay afloat at the time. And like I had bills that had to be paid and the income wasn't coming in. And so I don't know if I could have done anything differently, but yeah, ah, like that time was tough and as well, the money I'd put into cryptocurrency had still gone down in value. So I'd probably lost about 50% of that there. And I've done a video of how I lost thousands in cryptocurrency, which I'll link up down below. But it's so frustrating because I always knew that I would probably lose money in the short term. I knew that I couldn't time the market perfectly, but that cryptocurrency was at a pretty, pretty low amount. And then in a few years time, I believed it would go through another cycle. And recording this now, it's around about fifty to sixty thousand dollars per Bitcoin USD. So around I think seventy to seventy-five thousand dollars Australian. So given that I had around about two Bitcoin at the time, I probably would have been able to buy more if business didn't go through the downturn, if the separation didn't happen. You know, two Bitcoin or maybe I would have had four or five Bitcoin times by seventy thousand dollars. Like what's that? Three hundred and fifty grand in three years? It's like Oh, I had the long-term plan. I knew that this was three years. Back then, I was like, I know this is a long-term play and risky in the short term. Oh, we ended up selling our crypto at the bottom because she wanted the money and she was really unhappy with it being left in Bitcoin and in cryptocurrency. So she wanted to liquidate it. We're going through the separation. So... I just did it and uh, (laughs) it's sad to think about that now as one of the ones that got away, but I didn't factor in the changes that happen in life. So I had this three-year goal of investing, even investing in property is a longer goal, but it didn't factor in the fact that life happens, right? I knew that Bitcoin might go down in the short term, but I didn't factor in that I might go through a separation, business might go through a downturn and I might need that money and I didn't have a buffer in place that I could spend. I actually had to liquidate that. Uh, It was pretty extreme circumstances, but I had to liquidate that at market lows, which meant that I lost money. Uh, So what was that deposit number four gone? And so yeah, that has been my journey. I ended up in a whole huge amount of debt and I've done a video on how I managed to pay off $100,000 worth of debt as well as become financially free through my business in just two years. So I'll link up to that down below if you want to go ahead and check that out. But yeah, that was what, late 2018 and we're now around mid 2021. So two and a half years later. So it actually took me a full two years in order to get on top of my finances, to build up my business again. I was obviously deeply in debt, hemorrhaging cash in terms of that. 
had to cut down my expenses like crazy. We moved back to Sydney. I moved back in with my dad in order to save on rent. I cut my expenses to the bone in order to pay the things that I needed to pay, like food for the kids, paying child support, paying my phone bill, that sort of stuff. Just keep the lights on, keep the bellies full, and that's it. So I did that, worked in an espresso bar for the short-term cash to pay those bills while I built up my business. And two years later, in October of 2020, was when I had finally built my business to the point where I wasn't yet debt-free, but I was earning enough income to make the repayments on my debt and not really have to worry about money as much. And then it was probably around December, January, where I had finally earned enough money that I was basically debt-free. So while I still had my debts, I had enough savings put aside that I could pay off those debts instantly if I wanted to. And then for the next few months, I kind of fluctuated in and out of debt. I had spent the last two years not spending any money and I finally you know, stepped up and moved into an apartment and paid three months rent up front. So there was thousands of dollars there as well as paying a bond that you know, kind of put me back into debt. And then I got some sales and moved back into the positive and then decided to book a holiday for the kids finally because it's been three years since we've been on a holiday. So spent a couple of thousand dollars there. So went back in debt. So for a few months there, I was kind of in debt, out of debt, in debt, out of debt, depending on how I was spending the money. And I guess I did live a little more lavishly in what I would spend money on and was just kind of expanding my life, not excessively, but just kind of bring it up to, okay, I can now have my own apartment and have a place for my kids that is their own, which I think is really important for them. I still haven't upgraded my car. I'm still driving the same beat up old car, the Holden Astro that was given to me by a family member of my partner's that is two-door and the two-door car with three kids is not great. Um, The sides have fallen off it, but look, it still runs fine and it still goes okay. So I still got the same beat up old car and I'm trying to keep my expenses low. And it's been in the last couple of months that I've actually been able to start saving my deposit and moving towards that. So this is a really long story in order to explain where I'm at now and how I'm saving my deposit now. But how I'm saving it is just similar to everything that I've done in the past. It's like keep expenses low and keep growing your income. And I think growing the income is a thing that's really done it for me because over the last two years as I was paying off that debt, that entire time I was focused on increasing my income. Yes, spend less, but increase my income as much as possible. And while I'm spending a bit more now, I'm still focusing on increasing my income and any extra money that comes in I'm saving and putting towards my deposit. I'm about to come into the peak season for my business. So my business is very seasonal with winter being the best months for me because it's summer over in the United States. And so any extra income that's coming in, that is going to go towards the deposit. And so because I've paid off the debt, because I've started saving the deposit now and I'm going into peak season, I should actually be able to save a deposit pretty quickly in just the space of a few months time and hopefully be able to purchase a property. I still need to talk to a mortgage broker and see how that's gonna go. But as long as I can actually get a loan to purchase a property, fingers crossed, I may actually be purchasing my first investment property and working with a team over at Pumped On Property in the next couple of months. So 
I am so excited for that. I am so excited that this time, deposit number five is going to be fifth time lucky. So do I regret not buying houses in the past? Absolutely not. Could I have done things way better? Absolutely, yes, I could have, especially when I just kind of lost the money when I was younger just to living expenses. That really sucked. But the decision to buy the van and actually pursue happiness in my life, I think was actually one of the best decisions I ever made. Even though it meant we didn't buy a property, we were so unhappy where we were. And it wasn't because our relationship was bad or anything like that. We just wanted something different in life. And so many people would invest in property, and wait 50 years in order to try something different, we recognized that we weren't happy and we tried something different now. So absolutely, I have no regrets there. Do I regret buying the cryptocurrency at the time? Absolutely not because I knew I had a long-term plan for that and hindsight's 2020. I knew that it would have paid off and it, it would have. It's unfortunate that the circumstances shifted, that I didn't have a buffer fund in place. That's something that I'm definitely learning this time and making sure that I have that buffer before I go ahead. So I've learned things from the past. I also don't regret the past decisions that have occurred. It's made me who I am today. Past Ryan wasn't as wise as current Ryan is. And also I think it's never too late to get into property because Brisbane is just starting to grow after staying flat for around 13 years. So I think it's a really great time to get into Brisbane. But even though I missed the Sydney markets in 2015, 16, 17, even though I missed them, even if I miss Brisbane this time around, there's going to be another market after the next mid-cycle slowdown or after the next crash. Or There's always a good time to buy or good markets to buy in. And so I'm not worried. I noticed that with Bitcoin, it goes in cycles. And at the moment, it's ex extremely high. And everyone's talking about how they're making heaps of money in Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah, I've been through that back in 2018. I'm okay waiting until Bitcoin drops another 70%, 80%, and then I'm going to buy in at the lows and build my wealth over the next few years through that. So even though I've missed this Bitcoin run, I really believe that there's going to be opportunities to get in in the future. I'm not too worried about it. And the same with properties. There's going to be growth cycles in the future. I'm not too worried about it. I've also built up my business to the point where I've got good income coming in. I'm continuing to grow that and any increase in my income just means I can save deposits faster. And so hopefully getting to this point, while it's taken me, what, 15 years or maybe 16 years from back when I'd saved that first deposit at 16, even though it's taken me this long to get to this point, because of the skills that I've built up, building up my business, hopefully rather than someone who would have just got a low paying job and slowly built their property portfolio, hopefully I'll actually be able to build a significant portfolio just over the next couple of years. So if I can buy a property in the next few months, that would be great. If I could buy maybe one or two properties next year in 2022, that would be great as well. Ideally, I want to get four properties and I want to build four granny flats. So have dual income, have eight incomes coming in, fully positive cash flow. My property is completely paying themselves off, paying the mortgages and everything like that. I could potentially get there in just a couple of years time because I built up my business, because I built up my income, because I've built up my skills of budgeting and not spending too much money. So I'm really excited. I'm not sure whether I'll be able to get a loan or not. That's still, I guess, one of the challenges that may hold me back, but I'm so excited to be saving my deposit. I'm so excited to be getting into the property market 
and I can't wait for you to follow me on this journey and to see how things go. If you're at a point like me where you saved your deposit or you got most of your deposit saved and you're looking to invest in property but you don't know where to start, then the team over at Pumped On Property do offer free strategy sessions. So if you head over to onproperty.com.au forward slash strategy, you can learn about them over there. Basically, you get on the phone to someone, you talk about where you're at, where you want to be in the future, what's holding you back and what could be a possible property strategy in order to get you there. So go ahead, go to onproperty.com.au forward slash strategy. If you want to talk one-on-one with someone and really get clear on your goals and what your next steps are, I recently did a strategy session with Simon that's coming out on the channel soon and it absolutely changed my life. That was what made me realize that I could buy a property in the next few months. And while I was thinking about maybe buying a new van because, you know, property's probably a year or two away for me. Now I realize property is only a couple of months away for me. Nah, batten down the hatches, cut spending. There's no excessive spending. So I'm going to make do with the van that I have for now. So that strategy session completely changed my life. And that's going to be out on the channel soon. So make sure you subscribe to the channel and you watch that one when it comes out. But yeah, go ahead, book a free strategy session if there's any available. Again, go to onproperty.com.au forward slash strategy, check that out and check out some of the other videos that I've done about this journey, how I managed to pay off debt, how I managed to get into debt in the first place and that strategy session with Simon. Go ahead, watch them, follow me on this journey. I really look forward to sharing it all with you. And until next time, stay positive.